My major pain has, has been invisible. The mobility aid makes it better. It gives me freedom. It can get to the core beliefs we have about ourselves. Don't ever think you're alone. Welcome to the season two premiere of the Major Pain Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and this week we are celebrating our one-year anniversary by catching up with some previous guests to get some updates on their health journeys. First, we'll catch up with India, who first appeared on the show December 8th, 2021, in an episode titled Living with Chronic Migraines, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, and more. India already had a laundry list of diagnosed conditions, but when we caught up, I discovered that she actually has a new diagnosis added to this list. Next, we'll catch up with Brooke, who first appeared on the podcast October 13th, 2021, in an episode called Living with Adrenal Cancer, Heart Failure, Diabetes, Insipidus, and more. Brooke also has a huge list of conditions that she's been diagnosed with. When we first spoke to her, we discussed how her doctors were looking at a mass in her kidney, trying to determine if it was cancerous, and she has gotten that answer, and she'll share that with us today. There was a common thread between these two catch-ups in that both of these incredible people are dealing with so much at once uh, with their chronic health conditions, multiple chronic health conditions, but neither of them feel like they have a doctor who's willing to dig a little deeper and try to see if there's any connective tissue between all of these diseases. In both of their cases, it seems like there must be something causing all of these disparate conditions to happen all at the same time. So with both of them, I talked about the frustration of not being able to find someone to, to look into that, to try to take their situation a little bit more seriously, instead of trying to just treat one condition at a time, and those conditions just snowball and snowball and more and more is added to the list. What if there's something at the core of this, something that's tying all this together, and the frustration of not being able to, re- to do that on your own? You know, without a medical degree, none of us are able to do that on our own. And I was really struck by that similar theme in both of our conversations. And then to wrap up the episode today, we're going to be speaking with husband and wife, Evan and Cammie. They first appeared on the show back on June 9th, 2021, in an episode called Living with Crest, aka Limited Scleroderma. Crest is an intensely painful rheumatic condition that was severely limiting Cammie's ability to go out and live her life. And I was shocked when we caught up that she was just shot out of a cannon. She has so much energy. She's doing so much better. She's on different medication and she's basically in remission. She's going back to work for the first time in 14 years. When she was diagnosed, she was told she would only have 8 to 10 good years left. And she's at about 10 years now and doing the best she's done in a long time. This was so special for me to get back in touch with our previous guests and get to hear a little bit about what's happened since they first appeared on the show. It was a really good reminder that no health journey is static. There's always going to be change, and you never know what that change is going to be. You know, we need to be there for each other if things take a turn for the worse and have empathy and support each other, and then also celebrate when things take a turn for the better and keep, keep in mind that that is always possible, even when it feels like it isn't. You never know if things might turn around and you might surprise yourself with what you can suddenly accomplish. There was actually a couple of people that I wanted to record with that we weren't able to make it work out. I ran out of time as far as getting this episode done. So it's definitely something I'm going to want to do again in the future. So if you have been on the show and you have an update, you get a new diagnosis or anything that you want to share with the audience, definitely let me know. I will keep a running list of people who are interested to reach out to in the future when I do more episodes like this where we hear from former guests. 
And as far as hearing from new people on the show, we're going to hit the ground running next week. I've recorded some really incredible conversations over the last couple of weeks to get us going into season two of Major Pain. With each new episode, our community is growing, and it feels amazing to be at the center of this as the creator of this show. So I'm just so excited about the future. The future of this podcast looks very bright. So make sure you're subscribed. Uh, your support means the world to me. Everyone listening to this podcast is it's just really, it's changed my life so much over the past year. I've said this before, but you know, I think about myself before starting this podcast and how I thought about my own chronic illness and my place in the world and how alone and isolated I felt. And talking to all of you over the past year has really opened my eyes to how many of us there are out there suffering alone, suffering in silence, when we can, you know, suffer together and it makes it a little more tolerable. <laughs> I'll share a quick update about myself. So uh, recently I shared a couple of TikToks where I was checking my heart rate. And this was an idea that I got from our former guest, Michelle, talking about POTS. She told us about the sort of uh, poor man's tilt table test that you can do for yourself at home, where you lie down for at least 10 minutes wearing a heart monitor, check your heart rate, stand up and see what the difference is. So I did this at home. I got a heart, a heart rate monitor off of Amazon for 20 bucks and discovered that my heart rate was jumping, you know, about 40 beats per minute on a bad day. I tried it on a good day, didn't happen. So uh, I talked to my doctor about that and she has ordered a couple tests for me. The first of which is a heart rate monitor that I'm going to wear for two weeks. I actually have it on right now. It's uh, the type of monitor where you stick it to your chest. You have to shave your chest and stick it on there and it records everything for two weeks. She's also trying to get me a tilt table test, an actual tilt table test, which I've never done. So yeah, I'm really hoping for some new information. I'll definitely keep you updated. And you know, this new doctor that I'm seeing is just amazing. She's run so many tests and you know, I, I'm still kind of reeling from the, um, the close call I had with a diagnosis that I talked about a little bit last week, where I tested positive for a parasitic infection called cystocercosis. But then I spoke to infectious disease and they believe it is a false positive. But I'm happy to report that they were able to order a confirmatory test. I went and had my blood drawn again and that test has been shipped off. So, you know, if that comes back negative, that will be pretty clear that the first one was a false positive and we can just let that go forever. But if that comes back positive, then, hey, you know, there's still a chance um, that I might have this parasitic infection. I think the chance is very small um, from what I understand. I just my my presentation doesn't seem to match this disease, which was such a bummer. You know, it's just so hard to, you know hear from one doctor, hey, we found this thing and this is a really good lead and we think this might be it. And then hear from another, no, I don't think so. Uh, and that's happened to me so many times. But, you know, a consistent theme that we talk about not just on the podcast all the time, but today on the show, when we catch up with previous guests is how important it is to just keep trying, you know, to pick yourself up after these disappointing, um, these disappointing moments in your journey, just keep picking yourself up and keep trying. But we're going to get more information because my doctor ordered this heart monitor and this is just the type of care that I've always wanted. So it's just really exciting. You know, I don't know what this is leading towards yet. This new doctor is like, okay, well, we've seen a couple things a little bit off in your, in your blood work and we need to figure out what's going on. So we're just going to keep running tests and keep collecting information and keep sending you to specialists and try to figure it out. So I'm really hopeful that this will be the year that I get a diagnosis. I've been saying that every year for years. So who knows, but you know, 
the, it, I, I feel like it could be coming soon, and I still, I still have that hope, and I'm still really excited about it. One of the most incredible things that has come out of creating this podcast for me per- personally is the amount of support that I've received from you, the listeners, uh, just all, in all sorts of ways, you know, just emotional support, financial support, moral support. It's just been huge, and I appreciate it all so much. Uh, the Patreon has been doing so well. We're up to 16 patrons right now. 16 people who've decided to pay for something that is free uh, to help support me while I'm creating this show because I am unable to work at the moment. It is so incredibly, incredibly appreciated having that, you know, almost $150 a month coming in from creating this podcast at this point is just such a gift. Thank you all so, so much. It is so appreciated. Extra special thank you to our Patreon producers, Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, Trish O'Brien, and Ensign Q. Your support is massively felt and so appreciated. And of course, to the rest of the Patreon community, um, I just really couldn't be doing this without you all. So thank you so much for your support. If you enjoy this show and you'd like to sign up to support this podcast financially with a monthly contribution... Head to patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast. Subscriptions start at just $2 a month. You gain access to monthly bonus episodes with my partner Andy and I, as well as special recognition and gifts. Another massive way to support the podcast is by leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform that gives you the option to leave ratings and reviews. That's always so appreciated. You know, that's a huge way to help this podcast to reach a new audience. Sharing it with a friend or sharing it in any Facebook groups or chronic illness groups that you're a part of. Um, I just want anyone who who might find benefit from listening to this show to know about its existence. So your help in that is always so appreciated. I also love hearing from listeners. If you have something that you want to reply to a previous episode or share with the rest of the podcast audience, I love hearing from you at our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment on any episode on our website, majorpainpodcast.com. Something else I always forget to mention is that uh, if you'd like to just send in a gift, a financial gift, one time, and you don't want to bother with the Patreon or you don't want to have to sign up for anything, you can find me on PayPal using the email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. Tips are always super, super appreciated. I will remind you as always that I am not a medical professional. I'm just a content creator. Please do not take any medical action based off what you hear on this podcast without first consulting your doctor. And with that, we're going to get into our incredible episode, catching up with our former guests, India, Brooke, Evan, and Cami. India, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to catch up with you. It took us a couple tries to, to get our, our good health days lined up, but we are here and I'm really excited to see how you've been doing. I'm really, I'm really happy to talk to you again, Jesse. Like I... You know, I listen to the podcasts and um, I haven't been able to be giving you the feedback like I wanted to, and I'll explain what's been going on. But, um, you know, the the podcasts, I am so grateful that you're doing this, you know, to hear other people talking about their struggles, their challenges, how they overcome them, and to realize that we really aren't alone. We may have different diagnoses or we may all be, you know, many of us undiagnosed. Um, But there's a huge community. You know, the other day, I 
I, when we first talked, I talked about my TikTok addiction. It's, it's <laughs> much better. It's much better under control now. <laughs> um, but I follow a lot of creators with, um, with disabilities, some who are neurodivergent. And, uh, you know, I, I thought I'd like to get in a room with 100 people and ask people to stand up who don't have a mental illness, who, who aren't neurodivergent, who don't have a health problem, who, don't, who aren't disabled, you know, who, who consider themselves perfectly healthy and perfectly normal to stand up. And I, I'd be really interested to see how many people there are in that group, because yeah. I, I think we're all, there's so many of us that are affected by one thing or another. And when I think about that, it saddens me because of the hate that is directed at disabled people or neurodivergent people or whatever. And it's like, um, is it because people are scared? Is it because they recognize within themselves their, their own illnesses, their own challenges? And, and so they want to externalize that and somebody else is worse than me. But instead of fully supporting each other, and instead of the community out there who considers themselves to be free of any um, health issues or or uh, other physical or mental challenges, to not be supporting, it's it, I just don't understand it. Um, the more I the more I am exposed to the number of people who have some kind of um, challenge, some kind of obstacles that they have to deal with. You know, really the only response is kindness. Yeah. Really, that's the only response. And yet we see hate directed at so many people. And, and I just don't get it. Yeah, very well said. I totally agree. And that, that's the major thing that I've taken from doing this show for a year is, is yeah, we're not alone. You know, like we all feel alone. And then when you discover that you aren't, it's so powerful. And we, we do all have different diagnoses or we're undiagnosed, but, but so many of us are experiencing the same thing, the medical gaslighting, the judgment from other people. And, and all, all we really want is kindness, you know, and empathy and understanding. So, um, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm so appreciative of everyone who comes on the show to, to share their stories and to, to help spread that empathy and understanding. And I know that you've had some huge updates since we spoke last. So yeah. I'll just remind our listeners, we talked to you about quite a few things that you already had going on. Um, hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos, Chiari malformation, uh, chronic migraines, chronic pain. Um, I know I'm forgetting some things. <laughs> <laughs> I've just decided to umbrella it all and I call it chronoplicity. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Chronoplicity. That is a great word. I love that word. I've never heard that. <laughs> well, I just made it up, you know. Yeah, it's I, perfect. I, I was listening to um, our last conversation, because, in part because I didn't want to repeat myself, which my children say I'm now becoming inclined to do. <laughs> um, and, you know, how, there were a number of times where you used the word complex. So, I think there's I almost think I can call this complex chron chronoplicity that I'm dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Um, you know, many of us have chronicity. Like there's a lot of people who don't have just one diagnosis. Yes. The multiplicity of chronic illness. Yes. I love that. It's making me think of that movie multiplicity with, I know. <laughs> <laughs> with what's his well, name? Uh, uh, oh my God. I'm blanking on his name. Michael Keaton. Michael. Yeah. Michael yeah. With Keaton. all the Michael Keatons. Yeah. But they're all chronically ill. That's the sequel. It's called chronoplicity. <laughs> okay so what's what's happened since we last spoke what are the updates um so i went for a checkup with um my movement disorder neurologist i I, the other day i counted and i have six different neurologists now (laughs) anyway um they were doing some electrophysiological testing to kind of try to tease out what are the, the tremors that I have because there's mm. different kinds going on. And they were able to confirm the essential tremor, which I mentioned last time. Um, but I also have, and I think you experienced what they call truncal myoclonus or tremor. Like, so when you're the trunk of your body sort of starts moving and yeah. mine kind of would bend forward. Yeah, I kind of shimmy back and forth a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So um, they started me on a medication um, for the, the truncal tremors, clonazepam. I think it's dose dependent because my one of my GPs had given it to me and it, it calmed my tremors a little bit, but I'm at a much higher dose now and, it's, and it seems to be really helping. Wow. Um, but they also decided to do blood work and they really didn't tell me what they were doing the blood work for. It was just here, hold out your arm. We're going to take 15. It was like you, it was like about 15 15 vials of blood. That's the new standard. (laughs) Can I stand up after this? You know? Yeah, totally. Do I need a bag of chips or some orange juice? (laughs) Um, so that what they were in part looking for were, um, antibodies and markers of immune disorders. And, you know, I haven't asked, but I guess the one they were honing in on was a Casper gene. Um, And I'm not sure why I haven't asked, but instead what they discovered was that I had um, anti-GAD 65 antibodies. One of the neurologists, many of them called me, I think this was a fellow and said, uh, you know, we want you to come in. We want you to see this immunologist, immunologist, neurologist. Um, and because you've got a really high anti-GAD 65 count. And I'm like, anti-GAD 65? That sounds like kind of gasoline, you know? Yeah, you know, I've never heard end. of that before. No, well, I hadn't either. And she said, your your count is 126,000. And I'm like, okay, so. <laughs> what's what, normal? <laughs> what's normal? And she said, 20. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to see this guy. Yeah. Um, so, we, I went in and uh, met with him. And uh, this, the Antigat 65 um, can cause, I think it's five or six specific, or is is related to. I don't know if it's cause if they've decided it's causative yet. Um, but surprisingly, one is diabetes type one, hmm. 
One is thyroiditis, so problems with your thyroid, um, limbic encephalitis, um, epilepsy, um, stiff person syndrome, which I'd never heard of before, and cerebellar ataxia. Hmm. So um, before I saw this, this doctor, this immune doctor, um, I had started noticing um, a change in my, the way I walked. And I was having sometimes more trouble speaking. And uh, I was falling. Um, so um, he felt that he sent me to yet another neurologist to have testing to make sure I didn't have the stiff person syndrome, which they ruled out first. And then they said, we need to do it. Um, we need to do a lumbar puncture. And oh. you can remember our last conversation and all the fun and games around lumbar punctures. Yeah. Um, but they have to do it because in order to decide whether there is immune disorder present, there has to be at least a one-to-one -one ratio of the um, the number of antibodies in your blood and in the CSF fluid, hmm. which I did have. Oh, wow. Um, so um, they decided, it, well, they, I with them decided um, to start a, a course of immunotherapy um, to see if that would help me start walking more easily again and uh, whether it might have an impact. As I mentioned, these anti-GAD65s are associated with a number of syndromes. Um, and they that CSF to serum balance thing, it's called an ELISA test. Um, okay, I've heard of that. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, so it, they have to have both CSF and, and uh, blood serum. And uh, their cutoff value um, in serum in the ELISA group in order to, to, to decide whether to go this, check the CSF was 10,000. So it's much lower than what I had. Um, so the immunotherapy, um, a lot of people are more familiar about immunotherapy for the treatment of cancer. And um, there's, it's starting to work really well. Um, my dad had cancer and went through immunotherapy and has been cancer-free for like, uh, five years now. Wow. So it really worked. But they have the immunotherapies for cancer and for immune disorders have different focus. So immunotherapies for treating cancer, um, it, the idea is to prime or enhance the immune response against the tumors. Whereas in autoimmunity, you want to suppress the immune um, system and curb inflammation. So, um, and it's really interesting. So what they're using is something called immunoglobulin, which is in all of our blood, but they, they make it for these immunotherapy treatments um, by collecting immunoglobulin from up to 1500 different people. So thank you to the 1500 people out there who are now, whose antibodies are now flowing around in my body. <laughs> wow. Um, I can't even imagine what people who go through chemo go through 
because just this alone, um, like I, I had to go every day for five days and I'd get a gram of prednisone and the immunoglobulin. And at, it was awful. Like I just, I slept around the clock. I was vomiting. I was just, it, it was horrible. Wow. Um, I, and it took a while for that to start to settle down. My stomach was upset for a long time. Um, now I have a nurse come to the house once a week and I get a gram of prednisone on Fridays, which, you know, not that weekends were big to me anyway, but you know, I have no weekend now because, um, it's all weekend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, most of my life is all weekend, but if That's there was life. a weekend, I lose it to, um, the prednisone treatment on Fridays. Yeah. It's all weekend and none of it is fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's the chronic illness lifestyle. Yeah. So I just want to, you actually had people say to you, you'll say, Oh, I've been in bed for five days with a migraine. And they'll say, Oh, I wish I could just stay in bed for five days. And it's like, are you kidding yeah. me? Did you, did you ignore the migraine part? <laughs> so I just want to make sure I'm following this. So, so you're getting uh, immunotherapy and they're giving you prednisone, which is a anti-inflammatory and to, because I'm assuming that the, the actual immunotherapy has an inflammatory response in your body when you get it. Prednisone is also an immune suppressant. Okay. So you're suppressing um, your immune system and replacing it with healthier immune antibodies. Is that right? They're just trying to, from what my understanding is, just trying to reduce the inflammation, suppress the antibodies, and give my nervous system a chance to um, regroup, I guess. Okay, okay. So, so is there a, a specificity yet to, to exactly what type of immune disorder is happening? So they, it's, um, the diagnosis is cerebellar ataxia. Cerebellar ataxia. Tell me yeah. about that. I, this is something I'm unfamiliar with. So ataxia in itself just means uncoordinated, uncoordinated movements. Um, and so there are different kinds of ataxias, different reasons for them. You, you interviewed somebody with Friedrich's ataxia. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is, um, a, you know, a, a very severe form of it. Um, so, um, so my legs don't want to, uh, they don't want to work together. They, they've got two different dance steps of their own going. Like yeah. one wants to do the, the rumba and the other one's doing the cha-cha or something. I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> um, and my balance is off. So I, I think I kind of walk like a penguin with this very wide gait and you I find I put my feet down harder to make sure that I feel where the floor is, like that I feel more grounded. Um, I have a lot more trouble walking in the dark, um, I guess, because of the visual spatial connection with the way we move. Um, and I'm prone to falling. I've fallen on the stairs three times. And yesterday I fell twice, but fortunately the couch was behind me both times. So um, <laughs> went backwards and bounced a little bit. <laughs> um, and um, I, it does affect my speech. Um, I find that um, it's just like, it feels like it's, it's uh, 
a little bit slurred and um, kind of jerky, but um, it's not like that all the time. Um, the, the symptoms are worse and better at different times, yeah. but some good has come out of it. But when they first told me this, it was back to what we had talked about before, where um, now there's another diagnosis, something else to wrap my head around and, and going through the grieving again. It's like, like, you know, what the is going on here? Like, you know, I'm dealing with all this other stuff and now something else. Yeah. Um, now I quickly moved past that because I think the why or why me question is so pointless, but it's, it's more like not why me, but why is this happening? What I almost feel like there's gotta be something underlying all of this. Yeah. Like why, why are all these things happening there to me, it's gotta be connected somehow, but Apparently, Dr. House went on vacation after he finished his TV show. So, <laughs> I wonder if Hugh Laurie, the actor, gets people coming up to him to him with like mystery ailments all the time. They're like, please, no one will help me. Did you glean anything from performing Dr. House for whatever nine years that show ran for? Eight years? <laughs> Can you help me? <laughs> you know what his answer is? Vicodin rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, crazy. So now good things have come out of it. Um, after being on the clonazepam for a while, my migraine headaches started to decrease. Wow. Um, and um, I called my headache neurologist and I said, look, at this is what's happening. Is this possible? And he said, well, yeah, it's, it's a last resort thing that we sometimes use, and it, and it can help people. And I, I wanted to crawl through the phone and say, why didn't you try this before? Like, yeah. why, why did I have to wait for somebody to use it for something else to find out that um, it could help my migraines? Totally. So I've gone from maybe, you know, like I'd mentioned about 25 a month um, to more like, you know, uh, more like 10. Wow. And they seem to be more related to when I have uh, the prednisone or the immunotherapy treatments that, okay. that seem to kick it off. Um, but I don't have the constant brain fog anymore. I'm able to think much more clearly. So that's huge. Like yeah. that, that is huge. Um, the other thing is, and I think we talked about it, is that I, one of the movement disorders was like, this seizure-like episodes that I was having that they weren't sure what it was. And they were talking about functional neurological disorder or this or that. Um, and I haven't told the doctor yet, but halfway through the week of the immunotherapy, I stopped having them. Wow. I haven't had one since, not one. And it's like, okay, so is the immunoglobulin or the prednisone, but I'm not going to tell him because I'm going to wait this out to see if it's just a glitch or right. whatever. And after the, the last session, I'm going to talk to him about it and say, so what condition that would cause that kind of movement disorder could respond to one of those two drugs? Right. And which one of those drugs should I continue to take in order not to have that happen anymore? 
Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like you, you still have this belief that there is still like a overarching diagnosis that is lacking that cerebellar cerebellar ataxia is that right cerebellar ataxia cerebellar yeah. ataxia um is is like a, a new piece of the puzzle but the puzzle like the, the actual picture is still kind of murky of what the actual puzzle is that you're trying to build is that right um i think so it's like there is something that connects it all and we're not seeing the whole picture yeah, it's like every time something comes up, it's another piece of the puzzle to put down, but there's still all these gaps. Yeah. Although I have to say, I really don't want any more puzzle pieces. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's just leave those gaps unfilled. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it would be awesome to have, to be able to see a doctor who could take a look at the all, the list of everything that I have happening, step back from it. Um, and, and look at it and say, okay, well, maybe these are all related to this. Totally. One and thing. that's the thing where it's like, why doesn't that exist? You know, that's the thing that's absolutely infuriating is that you'll see all these specialists and they, they only know their one narrow lane and yeah. it's like, okay, well, we've tested your, your cerebral spinal fluid and your blood serum and, and you have cerebellar ataxia. And it's like, okay, well, what about like the other variety of things that I'm experiencing and the way that these drugs are interacting? You know, I am a person and like these things are all happening to me. So this one specific thing is helpful information, but how does it relate to the other things? And that, you know, doctors just can't answer those questions. And it's, it's bizarre because they are, you know, obvious questions, like logical questions to ask. Yeah. And, and there needs to be some branch of medicine that specializes in complex diagnoses where you can like you know i we can't expect any one human being to to learn every disease and to know every disease but we can ask for you know dedicated individuals with a vested interest in helping people get better who are willing to look at the broader picture and do a little bit of research and learning to try to figure out how to connect some dots like that's the thing that doesn't seem to exist there's no department of of whatever that would be you know there's no name for that because we don't have that <laughs> and that's the thing that we all need so desperately is yeah. you know we spend so much time and effort treating specific uh like you know specific pieces of a puzzle but not the overall puzzle where it's like if we knew what the overall puzzle was there might be a treatment that's totally different that would take all these other pieces off the board you know there um i think the closest to that is functional doctors uh-huh functional medicine but unfortunately most of us are living on disability or less and functional doctors um, at least here in Canada, um, are very expensive. Like, you know, I don't have $150 per session to see right, a functional doctor. Right. I Yeah, that's a good point. I did actually see a functional medicine doctor for a while, and it was described to me as being sort of halfway between traditional Western medicine and naturopathy. So they use some like naturopathic uh, information and like this doctor was trained as an MD and as a naturopath, but um, and that that's who misdiagnosed me with Lyme disease. So you know it's still like 
I, I, I don't know. It, it's that, that still didn't feel to me like what I was needing. You know, it was kind of like making guesses based off of some indications, but without really running that many tests. And the doctor I'm seeing now, the doctor I'm seeing now feels like what I am describing, like someone who ran all the tests and has found some things and we're exploring some things and is doing research and finding new people to send me to and, and is just really doing the work for me. But it's not because of any, you know, branch of medicine. It's just her personal interest. So I feel like I just like really hit, hit a home run as far as lucking out with, you know, finding something that doesn't seem to exist outside of that, you know? There's a doctor on TikTok. That's what I was just looking at my phone for, but somehow I can't get past this. I'm supposed to buy all these rewards things. <laughs> um, and his name is Dr. The part I can remember is Dr. B-U-T-T, Dr. Butt, Dr. Butt Gastro, which makes him sound like he's a proctologist or something, but <laughs> um, he's great though. And I, Somebody was talking to him and, and saying, like, why are you posting all these things? And why are you, um, you know, asking all the questions? And he said, because I'm interested in complex and, you know, undiagnosed and mysterious illnesses. So I haven't looked yet, but I actually asked him if he was familiar with GAD anti-GAD 65 cerebellar ataxia to see what he has to say. Yeah. But he, he's like, it was like where are you? And can I come and talk to you? Yeah, like, totally. Really are interested in weird diseases. I know I can get us like, well, we'll just rent a plane. Like we'll just charter a plane and we'll all come and see you. Yeah. Well, um, so yeah. So the, the two things that moved forward were definitely where the seizures and that trunk hole, um, uh, tremoring and everything has, that is greatly improved. My migraines have improved. So that's incredible. Right now I'm dealing more with um, like actual physical or, or um, motor disability. Um, and that was hard too, because it was a step back because I had gotten rid of my walker, gotten rid of my cane. And now I'm back to a quad cane and a walker because um, I can't walk that far without getting quite tired. And when you're out walking with this, all of a sudden you kind of freeze. You can't walk anymore. Like the first time it happened to me, unfortunately I was near the house, but I called my landlady and said, I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I can't move. So she came out and, and helped me eventually get back into the house and up the stairs. Cause I live in a second floor apartment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to leave this apartment. I just love it. So yeah. um, anyway, so yeah, it's been some gains, some losses. Um, and uh, the hard, you know, if, if you were sort of what's the major pain right now is actually the treatment. Um, yeah, that's what it sounds like. How long do you do that treatment for? Um, so I do three rounds of immunotherapy um, a month apart. And I have five of these uh, prednisone treatments at home, at, but I, I'm not sure what happens after my next treatment, whether they continue with the IV prednisone. Um, I believe at the three month mark, 
they do a full reassessment. They video my walking and my sitting and everything, and they'll compare videos and see what difference they see. And I think, I think he said, if it's working, then, then they might do another um, three months of immunotherapy, but then there's a a daily pill that I could go on if it is helping instead of having to do the treatments anymore. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's progress, you know, it, it's progress is never a straight line, but finding any new information, you know, is, is progress. And even though where it's pointing still seems murky, you've already seen improvement in some areas and who knows what'll happen next. You know, it's like, you're on this crazy journey and, and I, you just, I just really, I really want, I really want doctors to just like to find more answers for you. Cause I, I, I totally empathize with this feeling of like, okay, well we keep finding more things, but like, are we even looking at the bigger picture? Like what is the big picture? And I, I really hope that you, that you figure that out. But in the meantime, I'm so excited that you're making progress and, you know, I, I can hear how hard it is and how painful it is to be going through these treatments, but you know, you, I'm just so curious what'll be on the other side of that. And I hope that we, you know, I hope that we're doing this again in the future and that you have a bigger picture answer and, yeah. and are up and about, but the best we can do is just keep trying. Yeah, that's right. And we keep doing, you know, you know, sometimes um, some of my family will say, well, is it worth, is it worth doing that? Is it worth trying it? And, And it's always, to me, it's always, yes. Yeah. It's because either it's going to work and woohoo, or it's not going to work, and we take that off the table and we move in a new direction. Exactly. That's exactly uh, it. And yeah, let's do these tests. And sometimes we'll find out that what's been discovered is incidental. It really doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's like, you know, uh, white matter lesions in the brain. You know, some people have them and they mean nothing, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're just found there when they were doing an MRI. Um, so it's, it it definitely is a journey and and when i say a journey for some reason i picture like being out in the desert and lots of rocks <laughs> yeah <laughs> not too many oases <laughs> and there's a million rocks and under one of them is the name of your diagnosis and you're just flipping rocks over and looking for that name and you're in a giant desert with millions of rocks yeah yeah we're we're on the ultimate um scavenger hunt (laughs) yeah exactly yeah well i i love hearing from you uh i i love when you have information to provide for the podcast listeners about the diseases that we cover and for me it's just icing whenever you're able to icing on the cake you know i love when you can and i totally understand when you aren't feeling up to it absolutely understand and you know um i celebrate the times you're able to contribute and i and it never you know, whenever you can't, I'm just wishing you all the best in your own, in your own journey. Thank you, Jesse. And same for you. I, uh, I think about you often. And like I said, I, you know, I am so grateful that you started the podcast. And I know when I listen to the other people you're interviewing, um, I definitely get the same vibe that everybody really, really values this what this work this uh that you're doing and we you know i want to say i know it's not easy for you either because you're dealing with your own health issues so it's a big gift that you give us all and thank you for that oh thank you so much it's my pleasure 
Brooke, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Jesse. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm super excited to catch up. You know, you and I have been emailing back and forth since you've been on the show. And uh, I just know that you've been going through a ton. And I, you're someone I really wanted to have back on the show and update people because your journey is ongoing. Yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. So, remind our listeners uh, your list of conditions. It doesn't even need to be full. I, I know that last time we needed notes. Uh, just, you know, hit us with the main points of what you're dealing with. Um, so, uh, since basically the last seven or so years, I've been dealing with um, type 1 diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, heart failure, an adrenal cancer diagnosis, POTS, gastroparesis, um, Graves disease, diabetes insipidus, and uh, most recently, a rare type of kidney cancer. Yeah, it's an overwhelming list. And, you know, we talked yes. about all this the first time you were there. And I'm so curious, what are the updates? What has happened uh, since we first talked to you on the podcast? Well, since last time we spoke, um, I went back to the University of Michigan and had a biopsy done of the kidney tumor. They were concerned that it might be an adrenal cancer METS, so like cancer spreading. And thankfully, it's not adrenal cancer spreading. I am so thankful wow. for that. Um, they really thought that it was renal cell carcinoma, which is kidney cancer, um, but it's actually something they totally didn't have on the table. And I'll try to spit it out the best, the best <laughs> that I can. <laughs> it's malignant, so cancer, angiomyolipoma. So angio means blood vessels, uh, myo means like muscle cells, and lipoma means fat cells. So it's this tumor that's a, a cancer of like these three types of cells, basically. Wow, that sounds yeah. intense. Can you tell me yeah. more about that? I don't know too much about it. Um, it they, you know, the little bit of research that I've done about it, there really isn't a lot of <laughs> there isn't a lot of information out there about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Just yeah. another crazy diagnosis. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. H how did you feel when you got that diagnosis? I guess relieved that it wasn't the adrenal cancer, but disappointed that, you know, that I have to deal with something else. It's just another thing on, on the very big plate of things. So, yeah. So this type of cancer affects these three different types of cells. Is it, is it localized or is it systemic? It is localized, thankfully. Mm. So it's just confined to my kidney right now oh wow okay have they have they told you anything about the next steps uh typically they like to treat this type of cancer by removing the entire kidney mm -hmm. um but due to my other health conditions we i've pretty much well they said that i probably wouldn't do very well with one kidney like life quality of life would be pretty terrible mm -hmm. with my other health problems so i've opted not to have um, my kidney removed so basically, once the tumor gets to be a certain size, then other options will be on the table. Okay, like like surgery for removing just the just the tumor. I think they can go in and like freeze it, burn it. 
I'm not sure, cut it off, cut off the blood supply to it, maybe. Okay. Um, that's an option. And then there are medications to like immunotherapy, not chemotherapy, but immunotherapy to slow it down or stop it. Wow. So you're in this position now where you've you found this mysterious cancer that you've been looking for and right. you kind of have to wait and see. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At, at this point, because of the size, they're saying, well, first of all, normally they would just do surgery and be done with it for most people. Right. Just um, take the whole kidney out. Right. But because, how did she say that? She said like the benefits of doing the medication and or the like freezing it or burning it um the benefits don't outweigh the risks at this point unless i guess there are a lot of risks mm. with uh, those other procedures medications and stuff and your doctor thinks it's is it small enough right now that it that's why the benefits would not outweigh the risk because it's so small right right it's about about three centimeters right now and usually they want to wait until it's about four centimeters to do anything oh further. wow <laughs> which like so, feels so yeah. arbitrary right yeah, yeah like a whole centimeter we gotta wait for a whole centimeter <laughs> yeah man so they have you on immunotherapy drugs to try to slow the progression i'm i'm not on any immunotherapy that would be the next step that's once the next it's step gotcha yeah. okay yeah or doing um, either doing immunotherapy or doing the, uh, it's called em embolization, embolizing it, which mm. I think is cutting off but blood supply. Have your doctors so, looked at like, it, you have so many disparate conditions. Has anyone tried to piece mm -hmm. them all together and say that there could be something that is triggering all of these different things? I've asked about that. I mean... It's so hard to get doctors to even oh, really spend more than 10 or 15 minutes with you. I and it, I don't really have anyone on my team right now that is fighting to put it all together. Um, it's frustrating because I do feel like there, there has to be some type of link here. Yeah. Between all of this, like at least some of them. I mean, you've got like yeah. a, like a dozen conditions at once. I mean, there yeah. has to be, there has yeah. to be some connective tissue between them. Well, that's what it feels I, like I, anyway. I feel like it is. It, all of these, most of these issues started when they found the adrenal tumor. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think that there has to be a link between the adrenal cancer and these other problems. But what do I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the what problem. We'd have to go to medical school, you know, like, right. that's why we depend on doctors. But then when they aren't willing to spend the time to listen and, and try to help, it's just, it just devalues the way you feel about your own humanity. It's awful. It really is. It, and I know, you know, I know you understand how frustrating it is. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I, I, I've been talking a lot about this new doctor I'm seeing recently, but, you know, she brought a colleague along and she sat down and listened to me for an hour and like set aside a full hour and had so many ideas and so many thoughts. And I'm just like, this is real. You know, this does exist. I've just been looking for it for, you know, the last 13 years and finally found someone to do it. And 
I, it's so hard to keep going to these first-time appointments over and over with these new doctors, just hearing the same thing over and over and over of like, well, yeah, we'll just look at this one specific thing. I don't think we need to worry about that or this or that. And just like, you know, I mean, it happened to me recently with another doctor, someone I've been seeing for about a year and a half, who just seemed to be like done with me, you know, just trying to get me off the phone before or off the Zoom call, like right away, didn't give me a chance to speak and tried to hang up. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I have like so many questions. We haven't resolved anything, you know? Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, talk to your other doctor, talk to this doctor. I don't think that's a problem. I don't think that's this or that. And it's just like, then you're not even listening. You know, you're obviously not even wanting to talk to me. And this is my livelihood, my, well, not my livelihood, but my life, you know, that I'm, yeah. and it means a lot to me and I'd like to live it. So please listen. You know, the stakes are huge. And like that should be the norm, especially for people who have multiple things going on or undiagnosed things going on. Why is it not the norm that a doctor sits down and, you know, adds more time in their schedule for patients like us? It's, yeah. you know, 10 or 15 minutes. I can't even, I can't even like talk about one thing on my list. Yeah, totally. It's just like, uh, it's, it's frustrating. I know you're, you have to be so frustrated as well. Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the only comfort sometimes is that we're all kind of in this together. Um, and there are good doctors out there. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not black and white. It's not all of them. It's not, you know, like the, the help that, that people need exists. It's just sometimes just seems impossibly hard to access. It definitely does. It's, it's the people, the doctors are very few and far between, it seems like. And it gets, it gets tiring. I know you have to relate and understand. It's just, I don't know, before an appointment, I'm just like, I really don't want to go do this. Like they're mm. probably not going to help. And yeah. it's just. Yeah. What, what is the, have they talked to you at all about the prognosis of this type of cancer? Um, I guess as long as it stays localized and it's not systemic, like you said, hasn't spread outside of the kidney. Um, you know, I don't know that we have a prognosis because it's rare. We're not sure, you know, if it's, if it's going to spread or. Yeah. So, so it's really is a wait and see situation. Yeah. 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 How are you feeling? I mean, this is so overwhelming how how are you feeling about life in general at this moment um you know i i take it moment by moment people people say all the time how are you doing and it's hard to answer it's you know it really depends literally moment to moment during the day i wouldn't even say that i have good days or i have bad days sometimes i have good hours and bad hours in the same day <laughs> yeah. that makes sense like it's totally it's really it's tricky to answer, but um, I have decided in 2022 that I want to get out and live more. Yeah. So I've been, you know, trying to get out and do a few things with friends and family and, you know, get away from some of this medical crap for a little bit. Yeah, totally. It's worth it. You know, like I, I've been, I've been pushing myself to do that more as well because I kind of resisted for a while because I felt like it was dangerous to expend energy because I'd feel so horrible after. But yeah. when I don't expend energy, I feel horrible also. So why not, you know, 
go out and have some fun and, you know, keep my body moving as much as possible. And even though it has a cost, I feel like there, there feels like there's a cumulative effect of my body thanking me for doing these things or, or, you know, moving it around a little bit more. And it's been, and it feels like it gets a little easier when I, when I do that, even though there's still a cost, it's like, I have to pay a little less, but then there's the danger of overdoing it. It's just so it's tricky. It is. It's really tricky. I, I think in that respect, I definitely relate to, to what you're going through. I mean, obviously I'll never understand. I'm not, I'm not you, but yeah, yeah, that, that what you're going through is, (laughs) I look at what you're going through and I'm amazed that you are fighting the way that you are, you know, like what you're going through is there's no point in comparing because they're so different, you know, but we can just have empathy for each other. And I can just, I can see what you are going through is just incredibly difficult, you know? Thanks, Jesse. Yeah. 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 I get, I get definitely get what you're saying. Like there is definitely a price to pay, you know, by going out and being active or, you know, overexerting a little bit, there's always that, you know, it's like it kicks you in the teeth. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what type of things are you, are you doing with family and friends? What what sort of outings have you successfully completed so far in 2022? In 2022, well, it had been several years since I had really been out and did something social. Wow. That's, that's terrible to say. Like, I hate saying that, but it's the truth. I've been to um, an aquarium in Ohio, which is a state away from me. Wow. So that was that was a fun adventure. Um, and then just like little things in between appointments, stopping by the mall. And for years, I wasn't able to go into the store Bath and Body Bath and Body Works because of the smells. <laughs> and it's only really been in the last six months to a year that I've been able to actually walk into that store and be able to handle it without getting horrible migraines and stuff. So yeah, just doing little things little things when i when i can yeah absolutely well i'm i'm really glad to catch up with you and what i really want for you is to is you know for doctors to take the time to think a little harder about your situation you know sometimes it takes starting over with different doctors dozens of times when i talk to you i just i want so badly for a doctor to try harder you know to like be willing to look at the whole picture and try to piece some of these things together. It's just insane that they're just like diagnosing you with these, this many things, but then leaving you to your own devices. That just feels cruel. Um, and what I really want is for us to update again in the future and to find out that, you know, that lucky break with that lucky doctor has happened and someone is taking you seriously. And it can happen at any moment with any doctor and it it's so hard to keep putting yourself out there. It's like it's like dating, you know. It's like you keep putting yourself out there and hoping that someone likes you and yes. takes an interest in you and wants to spend time with you. Yes. But instead, yes. they have one drink and then call a like have a friend do that call where they're like, "Okay, oh, sorry, I have to go," uh, and they bail. You know, <laughs> that's so true, Jesse. <laughs> you put it perfectly. <laughs> But I really, I really want that for you. And I know how hard it is to keep trying and keep pushing. And I'm so impressed that you do, you know, that you do keep trying and keep pushing. And, you know, there, 
I really believe that there's someone out there that would be able to help you. And the only way that the only way to guarantee that you'll never find that person is to stop trying. Thanks, Jesse. That that is so encouraging to me because you know it does get tiresome to keep mm. going to doctors one after another after another and just spending those few minutes with them. And I want that for you too. Like I want yeah. somebody to. I feel to like I found that. Out. You know, I mean, I'm still. I it's still yeah. premature. Yeah. I, I've been wrong about everything over and over with my own health. So, you know, but I do, this feels different to me. I do feel like I have found that. I found someone who's taking me seriously and running all the tests they can think of and not giving up. And it's really amazing, you know, but I've also, I've said that in the past about other doctors who gave up. So, <laughs> yeah. so who knows? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm hoping that this will be the one that'll stick it out for you. Yeah, and me too. Out. Me too. And I'll definitely keep you updated. But I want you to keep me updated as well. You know, Thanks, I, Jesse. I'm really invested in you living the best life that you can. And you've yeah. been so supportive. And um, it's been really deeply felt, not just of the podcast, but of me as a person and as a friend. So I just really appreciate that, Brooke. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah. And I'm always here for you, whatever you need. I, I want you to find answers and I want to share them with everyone when you do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for updating us. Hang in there and, you know, you're staying so strong. You know, I'm, I'm so impressed and I just, it's just so unfair. It makes me so mad how unfair it is that, that no one's really trying to help, you know, you're getting a little bit of help. But no yeah. one's really trying. Like no one's doing what's yeah. necessary for someone in such a complicated situation. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Jesse, so much for having me and appreciate your empathy and your support through this so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Evan and Cami, welcome back to the podcast. Oh hi. Hello. It's great to see you both. It's been 10 months since your episode came out. Oh, my. 10 months. Holy cow. Oh, yeah, wow. I had to look it up. So, I think this is going to be the uh, the furthest apart of any of the people we're catching up with for our year anniversary. So, I'm really excited to hear what's been going on. So, how are the two of you? A uh, lot has changed. Yeah. Really? Crazy. Yeah. Go ahead. What? You're you're the star. Well, I'm trying... <laughs> Well, I'm trying to think, do I back all the way up to, do I do in order of importance or in sequence of events? I think I'll do in sequence of events. Okay. Um, I ended up getting involved in a building group in that game that I play, Fallout 76. <laughs> and I <laughs> I ended up with a YouTube channel and a website, which isn't quite ready for people yet. It's just for me. And started writing blogs and started going on adventures and started doing other videos and uh, things kind of snowballed. And then um, Christmas was really good. We went down to Missoula with the kids. It was the first time they had seen a big bookstore. <laughs> and that was really exciting. Oh, well, let me back up. This past summer, I got into a... A friend of mine took me or uh, some friends invited us to their church camp. And so we went and we were having a blast. And I, long story short, I got to try a kayak and fell madly in love with it. And now I'm just obsessed beyond words. And so I got two kayaks for Christmas and 
I'm fixing them up so that we can take them out. And then, and then, um, well, we'll see a bunch of other stuff happen, but I'll get back to it. And so I, we decided that it was, that I was okay, that maybe it might be time that I might try to get a part-time job outside wow. of the house. And I, I knew that I had been away from work for 14 years and I knew that um, I had a lot of strikes against me, you know, when I was young, everybody wanted somebody old. And now that I'm old, everybody wants somebody young. And so there's that, but I'm thumbing through the, you know, the ads online and I come across, I kid you not, this, these people want help with their kayak rental place. What the, and so I went ahead and applied <laughs> and they wrote me back after a few days. And I tell you, I wrote a really, really sweet cover letter to them. And they said it was the most impressive cover letter they've ever had. I was really excited. But the interview went so well that I went ahead and went on a couple more interviews. And I got offered four jobs. <laughs> wow. So, but the job that I took at the end of our yard is uh, the yard of a fancy hotel that's right down here in Lakeside. And the hotel was hiring front desk. Um for a part-time and I thought oh what the heck I'm already dressed up so I went over and met with these kids and it is the neatest family and the neatest place and so I went ahead and told the other two places that I couldn't take the job but I haven't told the kayak people yet because I'm going to give the hotel one more weekend yeah, sure you just, yeah you just started last week yeah I started wow. last week so okay you when we spoke last so you have limited scleroderma and yeah. last time we spoke you were really struggling to do much of anything. So oh, yeah. it, it sounds like you've you've had some sort of breakthrough. It sounds like you're doing a lot more and much more mobile. So what has changed? Well, remember what I had now when I when we spoke to you, I think I had only been on that new medicine for about six weeks or so. Well, um, I, I guess maybe at the beginning of June, I just hit this energy phase that I just couldn't get out of. And I started walking three miles a day, almost four days a week, sometimes five days a week. And I joined a hiking group in, um, at the, at a gym in our city and, um, took the boys on hikes and just really got out there. I lost about 30 pounds. I've gained some of it, a little bit of it back, but, um, but I, I did lose it and I was looking good and feeling good and, Everything was coming up cami there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and and the difference was this medication that you started. What What is the medication? Well, I went from methotrexate. I, I had been on that for nine years and that is absolute purgatory, that medicine. And, but when I got changed over to Cellcept along with a medicine called Lasik, which takes the place of hydrochlorothiazide, <laughs> and that is a water pill basically. And it was—it's very, very necessary because if I don't have it, I'll get edema. And um, but when we moved over from the methotrexate and hydrochlorothiazide to the Cellcept and the LASIK, a lot of the base problems went away. But what has saved my life is thc i am mm. not joking 
and I would be glad to go into that further. In yeah, I remember you were, you were telling us last time that you had just started experimenting with THC products. So yeah, right. tell me more. Um, well, I only do the edibles. I couldn't figure out the smoking. It just just <laughs> me. And <laughs> but um, I did figure out the edible, and I got in good with a couple of reputable places. And so I know that they're telling me the truth, and they know I'm telling them the truth. And it's a very good relationship. It's like kind of having a a pharmacist for all intents and purposes. These people know their business, and I'm very impressed with them. And the science of it is just amazing. But I've gone from 14 medications a day down to seven and i take thc i do take thc every day but uh, and it kind of depends on what's going on and how much pain or how much this or that or what's going on stress is really bad you know you know that stress will hike up anything um but i've just i've gotten to where i know exactly how much to take when and um yeah i've lost at one point I was down 35 pounds and got off of half of my medications and mm-hmm. I've stayed off of them. And that, this um, is amazing. I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, the, the, this is like a night and day difference from last time we spoke, just uh, yes. talking yeah. about your, your energy level and your ability to function. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I'm a little overwhelmed. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what has it been like for the two of you? Well, it's like, oh, it's, awesome. it's like black and white. I mean, it's, nice. it's yeah, it's, it's, I, it's, yeah, I, I can't, don't know how to I describe it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how to explain. Well, and, uh, you know, for us, it was gradual because one little thing happened for me and then we would live through that. And then one little thing happened and we would live through that. So for us, it's been sort of gradual because, like you said, it has been 10 months. But, from your perspective, yeah, it's been a big jump. Wow. And you, you know, there's times where, where you still, you you might have, you know, you'll have a flare up. Oh yeah. Now I still have get, all that. You'll get knocked yeah. down a couple notches. Oh yeah. For days. But yeah. It's not, you it's know, not it's, every it's day. not that constant. Yeah. Just down and out. Yeah. D- you know, depression, horrible feeling. I hate myself, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There's not that. Yeah. Not, not as much, you know, now, <laughs> well, you know, see, I went back to work this past weekend, you know, I, I haven't worked in 14 years. And then I go back and this past weekend, Sunday and Monday is the first actual working for the man employment I've had. And um, uh, so, and then Tuesday, I promised Isaac to take him on a date day and the weather was terrible and it was an awful long day. So I was sort of incapacitated on Wednesday and not much better on Thursday, but you know, and that's just going to happen. It's, it's going to happen and we can deal with it. And that's the, why it's so good that I only work two days. But a couple of years ago, you wouldn't be able to go out on that day. Oh day no. And, yeah. No chance. Know. I sure couldn't have done three days in a row. There's no chance. No. Work two days and then go out with Isaac. No, that could have not, there's no chance. I've never been able to do anything like that. Wow. So, yeah. So it's been, how long ago were you diagnosed? Nine years. Um, This is my 10th year. And when you were diagnosed, they told you that you were likely only going to live for 10 years, right? Exactly. And now you're, you're there and you're thriving. This this is incredible. Better than I was. I thought they said something about, you know, some, it kind of, you know, yeah, it does go in waves, you know, so it could 
yeah you know this year next year or something it could that's true come back and hit you hard again and you know it's just hard to say you my, know but my, my condition is rheumatic so it will come in waves always you know um rheumatoid arthritis comes in waves lupus will come in waves um and this does too i still think the thc though has helped you way more in than any every of the capacity pharmaceutical every chemical, capacity yeah you know, everything wow. It's a little harder on the pocketbook right now, but <laughs> it is so worth it when I can get out and go hiking with the boys and I can, I can go out and they can bike ride while I walk three miles. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice. I haven't, I didn't think I'd be able to do that. And, and here I am, the things that people have taken advantage of that they've been able to go out and do all this with their kids for 12 years that I haven't been able to do. Well, it's, it's my turn. Yeah. We're, hope, we're hoping it lasts. Yeah, we, we know it might probably won't. But no, well, I'm not gonna. This, I'm sure I've plateaued. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and and today's a very good day too. So you know, we're uh, last night. I had a terrible day like yesterday. Yeah, and um, you know, so last night maybe I wouldn't be so high on life, but today's a good day. And wow, it, and it just goes to show you that you really just never know with a chronic illness. Like, you you right. never know right. what's going to happen. I mean, you could find a new medication, and and that just opens everything up. Because you know, I, I I just know from experience that like long periods of not being able to get off the couch and do anything just have like such a effect on everything about your your body. You know, like when you're not using your body as much, things start to deteriorate that you wouldn't expect. So, right. and it's, it's so important to be able to use your body and do anything, but when you're in so much pain all the time, how are you supposed to? So now like right. you're out there and hiking and doing all this stuff and it, all of that stuff kind of uh, sounds like it's having this cumulative effect of just making life better and better. Um, right. That's amazing. That's so amazing. Yeah. Check back with us in 10 more months and see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> um. Evan, how's this been for you to to see your wife thrive all of a sudden? Better, <laughs> better. It's you know, it's it's hard. It's hard, you know, when she's not doing well, and there's absolutely nothing I can do. And um, and so seeing her, I, I don't know how, how many times have I told you that, you know, the the thing with the, I, I just I swear that the THC has helped. Oh, yeah, in every way. Um, you know, un unless it's just a weird coincidence. I mean, yeah, which I don't, I, I just don't, don't think, think so. it is. Because if I stay off of it too long, you know, I'll, things come back. Well, and I mean, it's but not. But I, I, I don't take it and go to work. Let, let me just say that right. um, up front because I work kind of in a fancy place. But, well, the only times that I know of that he has not enjoyed my newfound success, um, last summer, my energy was so high that the poor thing he would come home crazy. from work and i was like okay let's go do this let's go do that let's go do this let's go do that okay let's go <laughs> and every weekend we were in the truck and hiking and going someplace and trying this out and doing this and doing that and i just ran him crazy and for a little while there i thought mm, if i don't slow down he's gonna run off and leave me <laughs> because now I, I mean all that time i worried that i was you know laying around too much and he would leave me for somebody fun and young now i'm worried that he's gonna no. leave me for somebody a little no. more <laughs> settled down because i'm way too much fun right now <laughs> 
Well, thank God the price of gas is up, so we can't drive as many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, like I said, I, I am enjoying the job. I think that's going to be a good thing. And, it, you know, we'll see. And I still get to kayak all the time. And so, um, you know, that'll be fun, too. I, and I have the whole summer. I love kayaking. I used to oh. teach kayaking when I was in <gasps> college. Yeah, oh. I've, I've spent you know, probably hundreds of hours kayaking. And I discovered like last summer that I can still do it because, you know, I have a lot of issues with my legs, but my arms are generally still working yeah. all right. So, oh. um, yeah, uh, kayaking is like my favorite sport. I, I love really? it. Yeah. Oh, Look at that. Neat. Yeah. Well, now I got to come to Montana and go kayaking with you. Right. Guys. <laughs> oh, please do. Oh, because get this. I interviewed with the kayak rental, a rental place. And, um, I, d I loved them mm -hmm. and but uh yeah they're really they're really cool yeah and um well and we just do, well you just do the like what's it called still water, still water? yeah i don't do the 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 like uh, river rapids uh, no nothing oh. that requires a helmet i will not i do not want to flip over no yeah. chance so i want to go someplace where there's no chance i'll flip over it's not so much kayaking as just floating yeah i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm puttering is what i'm doing yeah. i'm puttering well yeah i was uh teaching down in san diego so we were on the mission bay most of the time and then every once oh, in a while wow. we'd go surf kayaking or you know i was doing a lot of sea kayaking um, oh, neat. I just, I kayaked on a river for the first time last summer with Andy and I loved it. It was so fun. Oh, wow. Um, a pretty, oh. you know, slow moving river. Um, no helmets required, but it's, I, I just, I love it. I just, there's something about being on the water. That's just one of the best feelings in the world. Oh, I so get it. I, now, now I so get it and I'm going to so get it more this summer. Yeah. <laughs> So, for your condition, do they do any like, uh, like testing every once in a while to see how things are progressing? Um, have you had mm -hmm. any any diagnostic uh, testing done recently? Well, um, now when I was first diagnosed, um, my level uh, it was uh, let's see, I think, and it's very hard to describe. Um, for example, eight was considered a high number. If you had this certain blood number um, marker and it was eight or above, it was, it meant that you had, scler you know, crest with scleroderma. And my number was 14 mm -hmm. and I was in a bad, bad way. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I think all the medicines that they have to put you on to knock down your condition, um, and then you have side effects from that. And then you have to take stuff to help you sleep because you, you know, you can't go to sleep for the pain. And then the sleeping pill makes you gain weight and you gain weight too fast. Now you're borderline diabetes and your knees hurt all the time and your feet hurt. And now you have to get new insoles for your shoes that cost $200 and you can't <laughs> shop. You know, it's just, blah, blah. It's just <laughs> on and on and on. So nine years of just progressing the, my body from the medicine was reacting well, but the rest of me was dying mm. fast. And when we were finally able, when my condition was to a point that I was able to go to the cell set medicine and I was able to make that change, then that was a turning point in my body that now I'm putting in pharmaceuticals that 
are not hurting me so much. For example, my hair started to come back, you know, all those patches that I had that were coming out um, and the thinning hair in the front, it's all coming back now. And that was the first thing that I noticed along with the weight loss and the fact that there were parts of my body that hurt 24 seven. And now all of a sudden they hurt only 20, 24. And now they only hurt 10, mm. 24. And now three days have gone by and I've forgotten about that pain. Wow. It's not even there. Yeah. I think getting off that methyltrexate. Yeah, that was huge. was a pretty huge thing. And getting off of amitriptyline and Cymbalta, those are horrible medications. And, but yeah, I was able to get off of all that. And, you know, and then all that stuff that they give you for anxiety, I was able to replace it because those, mm. those are terrible. And I haven't been able to replace everything and I'll, I never will be. Um, but what THC has done is, and here's the thing about me too. Um, I'm, I don't know if I'm high strung, but I just, I got You're a lot spaz. going on. I'm a spaz. Okay. Yeah. Spaz. That's a good word. Um, yeah. But I got a lot going on in my head and it's like, I have a whole bunch of apps open and they're all going and they're all loud. And that's what my head's like all the time. But when I take THC, some of the, some of the little apps turn off and then more of the little apps turn off and more of the apps and I'm able to focus, you know, a little bit more. And, and if I'm, if I don't feel like I'm bombarded with all that panic and anxiety, that's usually there. Well, then I'm going to feel better <laughs> and I'm going to be able to eat without my stomach hurting. And, you know, yeah, I don't have to go to the bathroom after I eat. And wow. so it just, you, and that's just, that's just talking about the stress part, you know, and, but, and I sleep better and I don't have to take pharmaceuticals to sleep. Yay, God, because that was t just absolutely terrible. And, uh, you know, but, th and then, but we did find out that like a certain strain wasn't good for me. You know, I had a bad reaction to that. So, you know, there's a big learning curve. Yeah. I and, think we might've talked about that before. Where those, oh, we first, did. those first That's couple of right. weeks. Damn. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out what was going to work and what wasn't. Oh my Lord. And then, and then we, oh yeah, that yeah. was funny. And, and because at that point I was thinking, I don't know if this is what we yeah. should be doing. Yeah. And then you found out. Mm -hmm. what what's going to work and then yeah well one funny thing and you can cut this out if you want to i totally trust you but um one funny thing right when i got on it now remember you know here i am over 50 years old and i have never tried it before and so of course when i try it the things that happen and the things that you think are really different than the normal and um so i I thought it would be a good idea to take a bath. I don't know why, <laughs> so, but when I got out of the bathtub, I couldn't find my butt to dry it off. And I was like, I can't find, and so I'm standing in the bathroom going, I can't find my butt. I can't find my butt. And I couldn't figure out. <laughs> they're going so to turn that into a meme. <laughs> um, I'm I'm shocked. I'm just amazed at the difference. I mean, like last time we were talking about what it's like to uh, 
to to be with a partner where you don't know how long you have together and now we're talking about going back to work and and losing your butt i mean this is <laughs> couldn't be more different <laughs> um yeah so you were saying the was that the ana test where it's above eight and you were at 14 yes have, have you uh, yeah, done that test again recently i ha- um you know i don't know um but the thing is that number did go down i don't know how far but it did go down. Um, well, I don't know if I've done it recently, though. You still have blood tests every three months? Every three months, but they don't yeah. retest the ANA test. Wow. That's apparently a, an expensive test, so they don't do it just all the time. Yeah, but with the blood you know, tests every three months, they can tell that your condition is not worsening, it sounds like. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they mostly check for is all these readings in my organs, my kidneys and liver right right right. and that's how they can tell how the progression is going but um i mean it was good enough that they were willing to let me try this medicine and but and then me getting off of all that other medicine you know it just you can't help but get better wow and And it sounds like some of the medications you were on that were halting or or slowing the progression of your disease were were really just horrible and making you feel awful all the time so it's like yeah maybe the disease is slowed down but i'm not living and then you find a different medication you switch over you find that the thc is so helpful and all of a sudden you're you're out there and you're you're doing things again and you know i i'm just amazed i'm I'm amazed i mean i think a lot about like you know, just my own situation, just being in a flare-up, which I've been in for about five and a half years where I haven't been able to work. Recently, I've been thinking like, well, we, I'm, I'm so focused on finding a diagnosis that I've stopped thinking about like, what if I could just get out of this flare-up without even knowing why or how? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're just, you're, you're proof that things change, you know, like you find the right medication and, and everything can change almost overnight. So, I, it's, I'm so... I'm so glad to hear it. I'm just, you know, thrilled that that we're that you're here and and, and catching us up because like this is uh, not I had no idea that this was where your story had gone and I'm thrilled. Well, one thing too I forgot to mention, um I did my own homework. I did my own research for a long time and I read a lot a lot of stuff and I knew what medicines to ask the doctor if I could change. And um, we had discussed it before changing medicines, but something happened and and my flare ups were, you know, there was just too much. And so we couldn't do it. And um, for a while, I was real anemic and I had to get off of methotrexate. And then I wasn't on anything for six months and um, for my condition. So naturally, I got a lot worse. This was a few years ago. And uh, but. I had to get back on it again. And then, you know, my hair fell out again and all that, you know, everything happened again. And, uh, but this time my condition, maybe it's a little bit of luck, you know, who knows, but I did, it just that split second that I talked to the doctor and I said, Hey, I've done all this research. Can, can I try this medicine now? And the first few ones that we talked about, he said, no. And because of one thing or another, the side effects wouldn't work out or, you know, something that he just didn't approve of. And I trust his judgment. And so I finally went back and I found it's Celsep. This is the one. This is the one. And he said, okay, I'm willing to try it. And we did. Well, and this winter, every winter for, I don't know, years, 
uh, you would get some kind of flare up where her face would it was it was almost like an allergic reaction to something. It mm-hmm. would swell up, Jesse. I'm not kidding you. Like mm-hmm. twice, it, it so bad that she couldn't open her eyes. Mm-hmm. It, was, think, it was it was it, it, it was it was crazy. It was scary, crazy. I think he. I think we talked about it the first Did time. It, yeah. this, and and just this that. past winter. And you, you okay. had you had a couple flare ups this winter, yeah. but but you didn't have that no for like the first time right in a in, in a long time wow yeah and so I don't know I I keep going you know thinking about that methotrexate mm-hmm. and because you have that friend that she just got put on methotrexate yeah and now she's having problems and oh she's having horrible problems yeah and you know remember but but yeah so I did my own research. And I have a good doctor. And if you don't trust your doctor, get another one, you know, but I've been with this guy for nine years and I trust him. And um, I did that research and then I went to him with the research and it took a long time for me to talk him into all of that and get exactly what we agreed on, you know, months. And, but then, you know, when that changed um, and then I had a flare up, before I could get the medicine changed, I had a really bad flare up. And that's when Evan and I kind of, you know, we, we had to say loudly to the doctors, you must pay attention. This, mm. you know, something must change. And that's how we got the, um, the water pill change to the LASIK, which um, is, you know, is really good. And then I was, but then the THC came along and that opportunity happened and I was able to, let go of amitriptyline, tramadol, cymbalta, um, uh, nifedipine, and two headache medicines. Wow. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I and just, I went, I just, yeah. It just goes I to went, show you just never know. You just never know what's going to happen and change. Right. Which is but so, it's so inspiring. You do your own homework, you know? Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Do your own homework. Uh, yeah. Take ideas to your doctor, and what, like you said, you know, if you don't trust your doctor, find another one, and right. that's that's huge as well. And I'm I'm still I'm just I'm shocked. I just can't believe how different things are. <laughs> um, do you have any feelings of you know looking back on those years where you were on uh, methotrexate, where you were so sick all the time, and now realizing that it, it I, I I assume that you thought well you know this is because I I have crest. Um, and now when you look at it, it's like, well, maybe it's because of the methotrexate. Maybe this, this medication oh, no. was, was hurting press, more than it's helping. This was really bad. I mean, that was really, really, really bad. Yeah. And yeah. we knew the methotrexate was. They, not, to- I mean, they told a- us it was going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. we had, we knew going into mm-hmm. it, it was going to suck out loud. And it did, you know, we were surprised at some of the ways that it really sucked mm. out loud. Yeah. But, um, so, so you feel like maybe you had to go through that to I get do. to where you're at now. Okay. I see. Absolutely. I see. Yeah. Where the, uh-huh. the crest was so bad, you really needed that methotrexate to get through yes. that part to get to where you are now, where you could switch medications. Exactly. Okay. It's, you, yeah. You have to get that because with all rheumatic conditions that, you know, you're at a certain level. You know, I know that people hearing the podcast isn't going to understand this, but, you know, if the level is like in the hundreds and they want you around 50, I'd say, you know, they're going to push that medicine on you until they get that level down to where they want it in whatever level that they're testing, you know. Yeah. 
That makes perfect sense. So there's no, there's no regret for having done the methotrexate for years. There's just joy in finding that you can now switch. Exactly. And who's to say, I mean, maybe one day you might have to go back on it. There's a super good chance. I'm going to have to go back on it. You know, maybe one day. Yeah. You know, probably because my, my condition will get worse. It it doesn't get better. There's no getting better, but there are periods of, of, uh, like remission. Yeah. Of remission. And I'm experiencing that. Wow. And, and it might take 14 years, but you can get there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's incredible. I am so thrilled to have you back on the show. Please stay in touch. And oh, thank you. I, I would love to, I would love to check in with you in the future. I'm going to start, I want to start doing these check-in shows periodically. And um, yeah, I mean, the, I'm, I'm shocked. You know, no one's story is, is static. You know, everyone's story is always changing, especially with the mm-hmm. chronic health condition. So hearing about the changes and the ups and the downs, it's, it's pretty powerful. And I'm, you know, it's, it's inspiring for me as someone else with a chronic illness to, to hear about what you're experiencing now, because it's what I want to experience too, is to like get myself into a place of remission of whatever it is that I'm experiencing. And wow. just hearing from you that, that you've done it, it's like, well, that's possible. You know, I know someone who who's done it and that's just invaluable information to have in the back of my head. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the last job that I was in was 14 years ago, but I've only been, this is my 10th year to be sick. Hmm. And cause I was raising babies. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> And so, and I couldn't have gone back to work if I wanted to anyway. Well, 10 years and, of being um, sick is more than enough. <laughs> exactly. No kidding. Well, and, but, um, when, when you, when you feel hopeless all the time, and then you have this time that we're having now, it's, um, I, I would, I hope that in a few years, I'm able to look back and say, yep, I did everything right at that time. That was, that was when I shined. Those were our best years. We are living our best years right now. And this is it. This is it. This is our golden years right now. Wow. And so, you know. Wop, wop, wop. <laughs> golden years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I'm so happy to hear it. I'm thrilled to to see you both. And, you know, I I don't even know what to say. I'm I'm speechless. It's it's so exciting <laughs> to hear. Thank you both for coming back on the show. You're well, welcome. Thank you. Please come up and go kayaking with us. Please, please. I would love to. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Major Pain. I'm Jesse Mercury, your host and the producer of this podcast. Artwork by Egg Salad Salad. Our theme music is the song Time Machine from my sci-fi synth-pop album, available at jessemercury.bandcamp.com. Send your thoughts or questions to our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to find us on PayPal. Tips are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Find more information about this show or leave a comment on any episode at our website, majorpainpodcast.com.
Major Pain is supported by listeners on Patreon. Thank you to our $2 per month supporters, our $7 per month patrons Naomi Adele Smith, Sunny Roberts, Laura Stevens, Brooke Walters-Schmidt, Kelsey Madsen, All Around Foundation Waterproofing, Danielle Signorelli, and Alexandria Henderson. And our $25 per month producers, Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, Ensign Q, and Trish O'Brien. Learn how you can support the show while receiving special recognition, gifts, and monthly bonus episodes at patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast.